to Ohanga. My name is Maggie, and today I'll be speaking with Jenny. Welcome, Jenny. How are you? I'm good. Good, Maggie. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. What kind of art do you do? I am a fiber artist, and I do personal accessories and home decor from my vintage and upcycled acquisitions. Awesome. And all right, my next question is, how did you get involved with that? But take us back as far as possible to your earliest signs of creativity. Okay. Well, my mom was a sewer, as was my grandmother. So I was always around people at their sewing machines. So it was came very naturally to me. Um, I started sewing probably when I was about 12. Hmm. Um, but I really became obsessed with it. Um, Towards my senior year in high school, they still had home ec back then. <laughs> we did like um, a fact we made like our own dresses and we wore them at Rosecliff for like our senior like presentation. It was really cool. And that just sort of was, I think, is where I really started falling in love with fabrics. Um, and I've always had a, much more of an older soul. So like I was very attracted to just vintage things. Um, and it, I think it came from my grandmother and my mom. They were always dragging me to yard sales and estate sales and just kind of like the patterns I would see in their clothing was always better than anything I saw as I was growing up. I'm like, I just love that 50s, 60s, that psychedelic, that just mm -hmm. fun stuff. Um, so I've always sewn and I've always loved fashion and textiles. And then I think it's if fruition first started without me even knowing it was starting because I started collecting textiles and I didn't know what to do with them. They were in boxes and under my bed and then in the attic. And I don't know, I just kept going with it. Um, vintage clothing I would collect. And at one point I thought I was going to open a vintage clothing shop. Um, that didn't happen. But then I started using some of the clothing pieces. Like I would say, you know, gosh, this dress will never fit me, you know, the, women were so small back then and I would say I'm gonna cut I'm gonna make myself a bag out of this and I would like cut up the dress and make like my own like, grocery tote or something and just kind of got my head spinning um but fruition started much later so I've always been creative and I've always sewn and I've always collected <laughs> fabric but fruition didn't start until I was in my later 30s um right after I had my daughter I think it was 2011 was when it first came into my head and then what happened was I made a gift for somebody at a baby shower. It was like a baby bag out of my vintage fabric. And when she opened it, everybody at the baby shower fell in love with it. And then they started asking me to make them bags. Wow. So it, it started very organically. I just, so, and then it grew from there. Um, I started thinking, gosh, I'm onto something here. So I did a farmer's market and people started buying stuff. And then I started thinking, what else can I make? For me, I didn't want to, because I like to only use vintage or recycled, I have to work with what I find. So I'll look at something and I'll say, how much of this is here? Is there enough to do this project? Or do I have to sort of switch gears and do something else with it? Um, which happens a lot. So, and that's kind of how it happened. I, you know, if there was something that was a small piece of fabric that was perfect for a pouch, I would do that. If there was more like for an apron, I would go that route. And I think just the accessories and the housewares just, I don't, it's just kind of where I settled with it. Um, and I thought that the fabrics were cool for those two things. So where do you get your materials? Do you go to estate sales and, and continue doing that? Okay, I do. So I do a lot of yard selling, a lot of estate sales. Um, 
definitely savers, um, Salvation Armies, all that kind of stuff. And one of the beautiful things that's happened since I've had this company is it's the word around town has gotten out that I only use vintage and recycled. So a lot of people donate to me all the time. I actually <laughs> just two days ago, um, a friend that I worked with a while back called me. He said, I just bought a house and this woman was a seamstress and she had passed on. And he's like, and there's a room full of stuff. And he brought it over and it was four garbage bags full of vintage fabric. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, you just, and I'm opening it and it's like Christmas. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. It seems like such a collaborative effort from, you know, sourcing your materials to the entire production. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So let's fill in some spots along your timeline. So did you know, did, or I guess, what did you think you'd be when you grew up back in high school when, you know, you were in love with like fabrics and textile art, but you know, what did you think you could do with that? So after high school, um, before I did any type of college or furthering my seamstress skills, I worked for a company called Jobless Anti-Workwear, and it was a surf skate company. Um, they were really popular. They had a, a big warehouse in Fall River, and they took me on as like a line sewer. Like I literally sat in a production line and did my piece and passed it to the woman in front of me. It's pretty boring, but it was pretty cool to be like in that, you know, 19 years old and like working at this, you know, cool surf skate company. <laughs> um, but it got me thinking about clothing and I ended up going to the community college, studying textile design. And then someone was telling me that URI offered something called a master seamstress program. I said, you know what, I'm going to do that. So I did that. Um, and it was an intense like year, year and a half. And they, they teach you basically to be a tailor. And so I thought, oh, I might become a tailor, you know, and I love everything I learned there and it was incredible, but I personally, no offense to tailors, I found it a little bit boring okay. because it's the same alterations over and over and over. And I was like, you know, I just don't want to do this. I don't want to hem pants all day and, and shorten, you know, cufflings, <laughs> things like that. Um, I respect that profession, um, but for me, it wasn't what I wanted to do with my sewing. So then what, what did you do? Um, in life or just, you know, in general, <laughs> where did your story take you after, after the course at URI? Um, it got me thinking, um, I started doing some alterations out of my house. Um, people, you know, would contact me. Um, I would do just random things like, Oh, can you hem my curtains? It basically wasn't my priority after that at first um I was more of a hobby more something I enjoyed and it was sort of like a little side hustle to do you know oh get paid to do something um so I did that kind of off and on for a while and then like I said it wasn't until I made that bag for that <laughs> gift that it sort of just took off and since then I kind of gauge it by the I started even when I first started I didn't really have like an actual tag in my stuff it was you know like a little printed tag that I made on my own that was you know <laughs> very homemade um but I think I have sold close to 2,000 individual pieces yeah. of fruition because I order my labels from a woman in New York and I've ordered four times and it's always 500 labels a pop and I'm getting low again so wow congratulations <laughs> that's Thank awesome you. yeah so during the time period between the course at URI and oops, sorry, the course at URI and, you know, making that bag for the baby shower, you were 
practicing like your textile art is just like a hobby, like a side thing, correct? Yep. I was really into like shibori um, and I would just do just, I was always just playing with things. Um, okay. And like I said, just always looking, looking at things and going, okay, you know, I love this, but like I said, like, what else could it be? What else could I do with this? How can I update this? How can I make this into something else? I was always yeah. seeing something, but seeing something else, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you have a full-time day job while you were practicing that on the side? I've had so many. <laughs> so I worked, <laughs> I worked, I'm going to age myself here. I worked for the Landing Restaurant for 28 years. They're a seasonal spot downtown. And I have done everything there from hostess to management to bartending. It's just one of those jobs that, you know, when you're in Newport, you got to work for tips. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, that job bought, I always say that job bought my house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've done that. Um, so I guess I've always kind of been in the hospitality industry. Okay. Yeah, cool. So now within your fruition business, do you, so is this your full-time, this is full-time now, right? It's this week. It is. <laughs> we, you know, it's interesting because when I, my husband always tells me it can be as big as you want it to be, Jen. And so when I feel I have like a little bit of a control issue with it, I don't want somebody else touching it or sewing like, yeah. so I do only what I can do. So if I feel like, oh my gosh, I can't keep up on this many accounts or maybe I don't want to be in another shop or do another show. I'll like pull back a little bit. Um, I let it kind of guide me. I don't want it to be stressful. I always want it to be enjoyable. Yeah, of course. And I guess one, one piece that I left out is um, after I started Fruition in 2011, I did open a shop with uh, my best friend, Jen, and it was called Curated. And I sold my line out of that shop in addition to the other things that I was, you know, other like contracts or consignments that I did. But, and it did really, I feel like that kind of put it on the map because it was in a brick and mortar. And I had like, because I was, it's my store. I put a whole wall of my stuff. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> a ton of stuff when we had that shop. Um, okay. And I got a lot of repeat customers that way. People would come in. Oh, what do you have now? Because it's almost always one of a kind. Yeah, of course. So what are some of the products that you stick to most right now in fruition? I definitely do a lot of cloth napkins, um, tote bags, zipper pouches. Um, I started doing these dishcloths that take off and aprons is a really big thing. I sell a ton of aprons. What motivates you to keep running fruition, to keep, to keep working with these textiles? A couple of things. Um, I love it for one. It's like, it's, um, it's like my therapy when I'm at my sewing machine. I always feel when I'm creating, I feel my best. Okay. And then it's also kind of, because it makes me, I don't know, I get a really great feeling about saving something. I call it, I want to save that. I want to give it another life. Um, it feels good to like, not be such a, like to find uses for things, you know, to not always just be throwing things away or like I said, it's not, nothing wrong with buying new things. Everybody likes to buy new things, but I just, I don't know. I can't go into a regular fabric store. I can only go into a thrift shop. <laughs> I mean, you're so right. There's something so special about saving something from the landfill and, and being able to make something so beautiful out of it. Yeah. And they have stories, you know, they were really important. Like I, sometimes when I, if I'm cutting up like an old dress or something, I think, gosh, somebody wore this to like a prom. Like this is somebody's like art, you know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
So what are some obstacles you faced in the pursuit of your creative business? You know, I, I don't, for me, I had a little bit of a, you know, confidence issue at the beginning, you know, oh gosh, is anybody going to like my stuff? Is this going to sell? You know, you, you do a show maybe, and I'm sure every artist has been there. You do a show, maybe you don't sell anything and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like second guessing yourself. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely something, um, you know, a confidence, some other obstacles, um, you know, finding places to sell my product. I think that was one of the reasons I eventually opened Curated. But, you know, my product specifically doesn't go in just any gift shop. It has to be um, specific to someone that's looking for something vintage, something recycled. Um, yeah. I feel fortunate that a lot of people are eco product minded right now. So that helps. Um, and just, you know, reaching new customers. I think that's a big thing. You said, I'm not super technical. So like, I do have an Instagram and I do get, you know, you know, some talk on there, but I, I don't know. I just reaching new customers. That's why I try to get out there and do shows when I can. I try to take new accounts when I can, because every shop, you know, you're in a different area than another shop and somebody might walk in and see it. And yeah, of course. All right. Tell me about your workspace. Where do you, where does your creation process take place? So I have a home studio. I'm sitting in it right now. I um, see. Yeah, I see all of the fabrics <laughs> in the background. Wow, look at that! Oh my goodness. I mean, and honestly, that's nothing. My attic is. I, if my husband went up there, he would kill me. Like a <laughs> um, so it's kind of retro. Um, the walls are like a retro yellow. The chandelier was from my mother's living room when I was growing up. Um, I have a lot of artwork paintings that my daughter did on the walls. Um, I do put inspirational quotes up for myself. I'm definitely an affirmation person. Um, and yeah, like it's just, it's kind of vintage and upcycled. There was an old sewing cabinet that um, I salvaged and it hangs on my wall as like a bookshelf. <laughs> just, let me see if I can get you. It's back there. The oh, radiator. That. Yeah, that's so beautiful. <laughs> and I love the yellow. That's such a happy color. Do you listen to music when you work? How do you get into your groove? So it varies. I have a pretty wide, wide range of tastes as far as music. Some days I, I sit here quietly. I will spray lavender and just sit. And other days I could have Motley Crue and ACDC blasting. Um, I feel like I'm definitely a rock and roller, but then sometimes like on a Sunday morning, you could catch gospel going on in here. It's always, <laughs> always something different. Yeah. Okay, cool. Have you had to deal with the stereotype of the struggling artist? And if so, how do you face that and engage with it when people bring it up? Yes, <laughs> I definitely have. Um, I think like, I, this is my personal experience. I feel like there's two kinds of people, people that understand it and people that don't. Oh, you make stuff. Where do you sell it? Like all just judgmental off the, like, you know, whatever. Um, but I just look past them. Um, one of the things that I've always done is just stayed true to my mission. You know, people would always say, you should do this, Jen, you should do that. Everybody's got an idea for you. Everybody right. knows something better than what you want to do. And I'm always gracious. Thank you. You know, I'll take that into consideration. But the truth is my heart knows what I want to do. It knows what I want to make. Um, it knows what, you know, well, you could, you know, 
make this and you can make a hundred of those napkins, but then I'd have to go into the store and I'd have to buy the fabric that was made in China. And some people just don't, they don't get it, but I stick to my mission. I make what I find dictates what I make. Um, like I said, if it starts to feel overwhelming, I rein it in a little bit because I want it to be enjoyable. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What is the ultimate goal for fruition and what do you want it to be or to mean to your customers? So as I think over the years, as I've continued with it, um, I've talked with my husband a lot about this. I would consider, I think, doing another brick and mortar shop like at some point, just me, like fruition by Jenny Field. Um, I don't know if that's going to ever happen. I mean, Newport is out, you know, (laughs) it's hard. It's a a lot of overhead. I think in in the perfect world, I would love to have online shopping, brick and mortar shopping. um, And yeah, see it, just see it continue to grow. Like it's grown from like, you know, beer and wine money to, you know, I actually can pay some of my bills with it. And see, the more I put into it, the more I get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also like commission work. And so like people will reach out, like right now I'm doing a little side job for a bride, um, making table runners for her just because I like to sew. And I, and people it's word of mouth, all that comes word of mouth. I did one for another bride. This is a friend of that bride. Um, I've made tons of things from people's heirloom pieces you know I had a woman bring me her mother's wedding dress and I made the veil into like a scarf for her so she could wear it around her neck like when she got dressed up um just things that are special to people just a little preservation for them okay awesome all right I think we've pretty much hit all of my questions is there anything else you think is important to know about your story just that I love what I do I'm definitely inspired by memories of my childhood. Um, and I just, I don't know, I think history, nostalgia, just my early life has really set the tone for what I see as far as patterns, textiles, and what I like to see in the world. Awesome, great. Well, thank you so much. 